Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So I feel like I need to start this chat, George, by telling everybody listening how incredible your skin is looking at the moment. Oh, thank you. Well, every time I see you... Um, over, you know, over Zoom. And then I saw you in the flesh. You're like properly glowing. And this is very timely because we're talking skincare today. It is. And you know what? I've suffered with really bad skin. Like any of my mates listening to this, anyone who knew me kind of around the 21 mark, I came off the pill, my skin went crazy. And I have just been really tr- like trying hard to just keep it kind of neutral since yep. then. But... Thank you. Thanks to you <laughs> who introduced me to collagen. I've started taking it. I take the beauty pie one. Um, it's just like a powder. And so many people have said it since I've been ta- I've only been t- taking it for like, what, 10 days, something like that. And I really have noticed the difference. And you said it to me and I probably should yeah. have listened to you months and months and months ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. Thank no, you very much. You look great. And actually, I think um, I think we're hearing a lot on um, our Instagram. People are messaging us about their skin that actually the pandemic has impacted their skin quite a lot. Yeah. Whether it's wearing masks every single day, people are getting quite bad spots underneath, you know, in the position where the mask is. And then people that have had COVID have also reported that their skin hasn't been as good, more dehydrated, flaky, just not looking as it used to. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And when you think about it, like, is it, you know, last year when we went into lockdown, I didn't put a scrap of makeup on for months and months and my skin was really good. But as soon as I stepped out, like back into the world again (laughs) and like pollution and wearing a mask and all that stuff, my skin went absolutely crazy. And then you've got, you know, you've got nurses and doctors who are wearing the masks all day in air in an air conditioned environments it, it, that yeah there's yeah. been a lot of stuff going yeah. on which yeah. has sort of impacted our skin and also maybe people not getting as much sleep because they're worried stress there's so, I mean I mean 
having the skin is, endless. is like I mean it's like this magic like formula that none of us have quite grasped because all of the different factors yeah it just it adds to it doesn't it George and also like forgetting to drink water and stuff throughout the day mm. like if I don't have a bottle with me all the time you know I can get to the sort of four o'clock and I'm like oh I've kept my children alive but I'm really dehydrated <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other isn't it I mean I actually went a whole day this is so bad on Friday oh, last week I hadn't given Gigi a drink I hadn't Georgia. given her a drink but I don't know how it happened you know when you're like oh she's asking me for a drink oh yeah actually I haven't offered her a drink all day Mate, we've all done it she's probably been drinking oh. pond water or like I mean or, or, or drinking drinking some wine out of the wine <laughs> fridge or something she's probably fine but anyway <laughs> um, today's podcast is all about you guys a Q&A all around skin issues uh, any kind of skin problems that you've got. We wanted to get somebody who really, really knows her stuff. A Q&A for you. Who are we chatting to? Today, we are chatting to Dr. Mary Summerlad. So Georgia and I thought it'd be a really, really good idea to get somebody on the podcast who is a complete expert um, in skincare. Uh, a dermatologist since 2012. Uh, she, uh, she was just talking about how sort of trained she is in the medical arena. So I think I'll let her do that. But somebody that definitely, definitely knows her skincare to answer all of your questions today. Uh, Dr. Mary Summerlad, how are you? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, now, um, we just had a bit of a joke about your surname because I'm a Hardman, you're a Summerlad. Um, so we've both we've we've all had the jokes around it but jokes aside you are an absolute pro when it comes to skincare right so you are oh, the that's very person. kind of you to say well we both follow you we both love all your, of your content on instagram so just talk us through how you became a dermatologist in the uk a dermatologist is a qualified medical doctor so i went to medical school for six years and then after those six years, I did my two years of, we call it foundation training. So that's a bit of exposure to lots of different types of medicine. So you could do surgery, hospital medicine, psychiatry, general practice. Then at the end of those two years, I did something called core medical training. And then once you finish that, you um, super subspecialize into the very specific type of hospital medicine you want to do. So I was always um, really into dermatology. Um, so I specialised in dermatology. But from doing that exam, you could become a gastro doctor or a brain doctor and all that kind of stuff. So the specialty in dermatology is for a minimum of four years of really intensive training. And then at the end of that, you do, um, well, somewhere in between, you do a very specific dermatology exam. Once you pass that and do all your competencies, you become... Fully a dermatologist. dermatologist. Yeah. So basically, any question we ask you today, we can absolutely take your answer in stone because you've got 14 years of experience and backing to let us know that this is the right thing to do. I hope so. I hope so. There might be some curveballs out there, but um, when it comes to skin diseases and skincare, I'm hoping I can be useful. I I've had um I've had quite a sort of interesting journey with my skin Mary because I had kind of you know good skin in, good skin in my 20s and then suddenly in my late 20s early 30s and then of course when I fell pregnant I got melasma really badly and it yeah. just would not 
budge. I mean, I had it yeah. obviously throughout my pregnancies. And then I thought all well, after my pregnancies, it will just disappear. And it just didn't. So I've been on a real journey of like trying to get on top of that. And um, I've learned loads about kind of skin conditions as a result of that. Just like you become quite interested in what's going yeah. on in your skin a little bit more. In yeah. fact, I think in your 20s, we don't even ever really think about what we're doing to our skin we're just like oh what we just lie in the sun all day and we won't bother yeah. with water and then suddenly you get a skin condition and you're like ah, yeah shit. that's what I was gonna say I actually had really bad acne um at well I guess I think it was like when I was 21 I came off the pill and oh my god my skin was so bad and it would have been easy just to go straight back on it but yeah. I guess I wanted to get to the bottom of the um sort of the cause but because going to see because of going to see dermatologists for that it actually made me start taking notice of my skin earlier but yeah it did it made me research and, mm. and sort of try and get to know what different products do and different ingredients and stuff right George you want to kick us off yeah of course so retinol around the eyes yay or nay and that's from Ashley okay so retinol around the eyes I would say you can use it provided that your product is designed to be used around the eyes. So retinol comes in lots of different strengths and the skin around our eyes is really, really delicate. Normally, we would advise people to avoid the around eye area when they're using prescription strength retinoids to treat conditions like acne or even melasma. Um, but if you're using a retinol for anti-aging, Look for retinols designed for the eyes uh, or the eye, um, the skin around the eyes. Yeah. Be really careful. Start at the lowest concentration possible. Even if you're used to using retinols on the rest of your face and you can tolerate quite a high percentage, I would say start with the lowest concentration and then gradually build up if you need to. If you start seeing really good results at lower concentrations and you're happy, you don't need to push yourself to a higher concentration. Mm -hmm. But yes, you can use retinol around the eyes um, if it's designed for the eye area and you can tolerate it. I use retinol in my face, but I cannot tolerate it around my eyes. Yeah, in fact, same. I accidentally sort of forgot what I was doing the other day. And then I woke up and I had these like three welches, like these lumps yeah. here. It was, they were so sore. So yeah. yes, like, like you said, Mary, you have to be really careful with it. So here we go. How to find a good dermatologist? What do I look for? Okay, I love this question um, because we get asked it quite a lot. And often I'll see people who have seen lots of different people who aren't actually dermatologists. So the best way to know that um, to find a dermatologist, first of all, you want this is um, two ways. There's the NHS in the UK. Um, so your GP can refer you to a hospital dermatology department. And I would always recommend that if you have a mole that you're worried about, or you have melasma that won't go away, I would always, always say, please see your GP and please ask for an NHS referral. Even if you're waiting for six months and you're going to go down the private sector in between, it's still a really good idea to have your NHS hospital-based dermatologist, because if you need any investigations, biopsies, long-term care, then you have that for you and it's all highly, highly regulated. If you're going down the private sector, so maybe you want to be seen in the next week, two weeks, you don't want to wait. You know, the waiting list is really long at the moment, especially with a COVID backlog. I would say you want to look for a consultant dermatologist. So in the UK, 
You cannot call yourself a consultant dermatologist unless you have completed that training. And that um, the way you know someone's completed that training, one, they will use that phrase consultant at the beginning of dermatologist. And the other way, especially if you're, you've had lots of bad experiences, is you can go onto the GMC website. You can put in the doctor's name. So if you go to the GMC now, you can put my name in, Mary Summerlad, and you'll see that, and it's completely free of charge and immediate, and you'll see that I am on the specialist register for dermatology and the year that I entered that register, and also the year I became a qualified doctor. So if someone isn't on the specialist register at the GMC, they are not a consultant dermatologist. They may call themselves a dermatologist because, funnily enough, the phrase dermatologist is not protected, but only consultant dermatologist. Um, if someone's calling them a skin specialist or a skin doctor, I would urge you to just double check on the GMC because you'd always prefer to call yourself by your legal title than yeah. not by that. So yes. that's the best way. Um Word of mouth, if you've got friends, family members who have seen a consultant dermatologist and they um, recommend them, that's always great. Um, but even then, I would still just check their credentials. If you're not sure about whether someone can help your skin condition, you should be able to, as a minimum, email them and get a response free of charge saying, yes, I see people with acne or melasma, or no, I don't do this particular procedure you're interested in, right, or okay. you know that sort of thing. And you shouldn't have to particularly pay for that. You might have to pay for a phone call with the dermatologist to discuss what you could do for, what they could yeah. do for you. Yeah. But you shouldn't have to pay for, you know, um, are you able to help me at all sort of thing. Got you. Right. Okay. okay. Um, this one's from Sophie. I've got cystic acne on my chin and I mean big painful ones. What can yeah. I do about it? So I'm sorry to hear that, Sophie. Cystic acne is really, really painful. And I think we often under, we don't often think of acne as a painful condition, but it can really be. Um, so my approach to someone with cystic acne, first of all, I want to know about um, their history of the acne, when it started, any treatments that they've used in the past. So were they on the pill before? Were they on antibiotics from the GP? Um, always go back to skincare as well. So what are they, what is Sophie putting on her skin? What's her morning routine? What is her evening routine? We want to make sure we're using ingredients that can really help with acne. So the cysts are kind of like the end point of acne. So acne starts off as a blackhead or a whitehead that then becomes a pimple that then goes on to become a cyst if you're unlucky. Ooh. And we worry about cysts because not only are they painful, but they can get infected and they yeah. can scar. Mm. So morning, I'd always recommend a cleanser with salicylic acid. Gently rub it into the skin, leave it on for about a minute. So even time yourself because a minute's quite a long time that yeah. comes to your skin. Rinse off. And then I'm a big fan of leave on salicylic acid as a liquid exfoliator. Avoid any kind of scrubs. Look for moisturizers that are good for blemish prone skin that help acne. And then in the evening, you want to make sure you're removing any makeup you've used during the day, yeah. any sunscreen. Again, you are a huge fan of salicylic acid as a liquid exfoliator, but maybe not every night. You may want to introduce a retinoid. In Sophie's case of cystic acne, I would actually recommend she sees 
as a very minimum her GP, but ideally a dermatologist, because she may need to go on prescription strength retinoids. So that's tretinoin. She may need a course of antibiotics to reduce the inflammation. And she may need long-term treatment. So we do all sorts of treatment for acne. A classic one is um, isotretinoin or roaccutane, which many people have heard mm. of. That's yeah. course of treatment. If she finds that she comes off the roaccutane, which is based on retinoids, so it's similar to the retinoid that goes on the skin, um, but it's taken in um, oral form, then we may do um, long-term treatment. And uh, my personal favorite is something called spironolactone, which doesn't contain any hormones, isn't an antibiotic. It was actually designed as a blood pressure medication, but it's great for acne in adult women that just keeps coming back and coming back. And it loves this lower half or lower third of the face, the jawline. Yes. And they can go on it for as long as they need to be on it, as long as there's nothing to stop them from going on it. Won't affect their menstrual cycles. But if they want to fall pregnant, they have to come off it for about two weeks before trying for pregnancy. Would you also say... um, because I grew up with my sister having terrible acne as a teenager, you know, teenage acne, but acne, but it was all over her back. I mean, it was so bad for her poor thing. But when she stopped eating dairy and drinking dairy, her acne improved so much. I mean, they also put her on the pill as well, but they do think it was a combination of the two. And actually when I drink dairy, if I ever have milky coffee or whatever, I do find that I get bumps under my skin here so do you would you agree that 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 maybe dairy is a trigger for it or can 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 kind of make it worse what do you think yeah so it's such a good question because it's the perennial acne like what role does your diet have yes yeah that's actually one of the questions as well. yes yeah and it's, it's a really great question in terms of research there's now kind of emerging, so it's not kind of definitely 100% proven, but there is some emerging research that shows that um, dairy, particularly, funny enough, skimmed products, so if you're having skinny lattes or mm. kind of low-fat dairy, can make acne worse, particularly in adult female acne. Yes. But more research needs to be done into actually understanding why that is. They think it may be something to do with the growth hormone in, um, so cows feed baby cows, like calves, and a calf needs a lot of growth hormone. And they think it may be when humans who are susceptible have this milk, it triggers off their acne by making kind of the the oil glands that kind of start the process of acne enlarge. But we need lots more research to definitely unpack that and fully understand it because we definitely know that there are vegans who eat no dairy who get bad acne anecdotally so what my patients tell me over and over again the two big things are I cut out dairy my acne clears up and I cut out refined sugar and my acne clears up we know that um refined sugar so this is your white cane sugar um can be pro-inflammatory and we know that acne is an inflammatory condition So I think to me, it makes sense to at least try for a few weeks and see, especially if you know you've got a very sweet tooth or if you know you're really into your dairy, if you get bad acne, try cutting it out three, four weeks. Don't change anything else and see what happens. And if it works for you, it's amazing. But yeah, I hear this all the time and Mm. I really do believe there's a huge link between what we eat and what happens with our skin because our skin is a very reactive organ. Yeah, And the other thing is we're not all the same. 
So what, what, what triggers one person's acne or skin condition may not trigger that other person. So, you know, it's very individual, but definitely if you notice the link, try cutting things out. I also saw it with Kit's eczema. And obviously this is just me as a mum, just going through it with, with my son, but it was all to do with his gut flora being out of out of shape, out of kilter. But yeah, so that was quite interesting because I was yeah. putting on all these creams and I was trying to deal with it, you know, surface level. But actually once I started looking at what was going on in his tummy, his um his eczema really did improve loads and he doesn't get it anymore amazing yeah i was the same mm. with my son axel yeah. as soon as he dropped having like milk in the evenings yeah like as soon as that stopped he he doesn't get eczema at all now like nothing mm, it's, um, it's um yeah it's unbelievable um but yeah and i guess just to continue on that sort of correlation between food and your skin there's another question yeah. just purely like link between diet and skin the best foods for to eat for healthy skin healthy skin so your skin is like the first line of defense against the external world the environment so it takes a huge battering and it needs lots of repair and support um the biggest thing and it's not an exciting answer but it's a really varied diet full of lots and lots of vegetables and the big thing with the vegetables is you want them to be a variety of different colours. So green, we often think of vegetables as being green, but you want to introduce in there red things, orange things, big variety. We also, going back to the idea of um, pro-inflammatory food, so things that are full of sugar, it's good to keep sugar to a real minimum. I'm, I'm a huge believer that what you eat affects your skin. So I would always say go for as little processed as possible. I mean, we'll all eat bread. We'll all eat, I love chocolate, all of that kind of stuff. But for your day-to-day diet, try and go for as unprocessed as possible, lots of variation. Um, It's not a huge, I know it's not food, but trying to keep alcohol to an absolute minimum as well, as much as possible, because we know that alcohol is a huge impact on our skin and um, it can you know everyone knows if you've had a kind of a a heavy holiday or a heavy few days your skin will be affected it will kind of lose that glow it will um, look drier feel more reactive to things some people even will describe you know white wine skin they drink a lot of white wine and they feel a bit itchy or uncomfortable afterwards so keep alcohol I come out in blotches when I drink white wine like I get like red I must be I really must be I get like um red blotch like blotches over my neck and uh, like and on my chest it's so weird it's only happened in the last maybe couple of years so weird I don't want to take your medical history or make any implications, but rosacea can be can just present as blotch, red blotches on the skin, very linked with alcohol. And each person with rosacea will be a different alcohol. So some classic, it's I hear a lot of white wine, but then some people say I can drink um, white wine, but I cannot touch beer because I get a red face. Or they can drink wow. beer and white wine, but not red. So um, definitely alcohol to a minimum. We all love caffeine. I can't live without a couple of cups in the morning. But again, it's dehydrating. So you want to look for foods that don't dehydrate you too much or in beverages as well, keeping refined sugar to an absolute minimum. And then just looking for proteins, actually really different sources of protein is great for your skin. Um, Nuts, not too many because lots and lots of nuts actually can 
very, very calorific. But anything with kind of um, omega threes and salmon, sixes is great for your oily gut. fish, yeah. mackerel. So your fish, salmon, yeah. nuts, tofu, those sorts of things can be really helpful. Um, I say all this, you'll find that a lot of teenagers and people in their 20s drink loads, eat <laughs> whatever they want to, yeah. or, you know, and their skin is immaculate. So what you're thinking of is actually what happens when you start getting into your 30s yes. and 40s, because your skin is also your lifetime effect of things. So encouraging mm. your kids to be aware of what's a good, healthy, balanced diet, they'll see that benefit but later, and it's later important on. to remind them that. Is that also interesting. linked to aging as well? So, for example, if your diet doesn't include, you know, the the things that you just mentioned, were, are you more likely to age faster? Or is aging strictly down to genetics and potentially maybe lifestyle with booze and smoking and that sort of thing? So in terms of your skin aging, there are so many external factors that they think about, up to 80% of your what you can visible aging on your skin is down to external environmental. So your diet, wow. how much you sleep, how stressed you are, whether you smoke or not, all of that kind of stuff. And about 20% is genetics. So um, def- there's so many things that you could modify so that your skin may not look as acceleratedly aged as it otherwise would have done if that makes sense. So for instance, yeah. your parents, you may have had one parent who was a, a sunbather from, you know, the 60s and 70s and smoked heavily. And that was completely culturally normal. Mm. If you never did those things, when you're the same age as they are now, you may look 10, 15 years younger. Yes. Yeah, and that I makes do, sense. I do feel like we're seeing, like these days, like sometimes you'll see even people in, um, in the street who they'll be 50 or 60, but they'll look much, much younger. And it's not particular. they're not having like lots of cosmetic procedures or anything like that. But I think mm. because they've never sunbathed and they do exercise and they lead quite a, you know, non-smoking, sleeping well lifestyle. So I guess like never underestimate what you can do to yeah. prevent. We're all going to age. And I actually think aging is a really healthy, normal part of getting older and we shouldn't try and stop that but definitely you want to age how your body isn't like what you're genetically meant to do rather than what all the external stuff means yeah yeah i love that we'll be right back after this short break selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Um, this is from Debs. What can I use for large blocked pores? Ah, oh, the pores. Everyone loves the pores question. About pores. Yeah. yeah. The pores question. The first thing is your pores are never as Nobody else is as worried about your pores as you are. <laughs> as you are. <laughs> yeah. lots of, I see lots of people who come to me about their pores and I say your pores are really normal. Um, so big thing um, with a pores is pores on your nose will always look a little bit bigger than, say, pores on your cheeks or on the lower half of your face. And your what pores actually are is it's your hair follicle unit. So... Um, a hair will be growing, there's a unit in your skin which is made up of a hair coming out and a sack of oil attached to that hair and a little muscle as well so that when you get goosebumps because you're cold, it makes the hair stand up. So when, if you feel that your pores look unusually enlarged for you, that may be that there's more oil in that um, oil sack. So you could consider things like salicylic acid, which we mentioned earlier, because they can help reduce oil on the skin. Avoid harsh abrasives and definitely avoid anything that kind of is designed to kind of strip pores away because you mm. may end up causing yourself more trauma. And skin that can be traumatized, you might actually notice things like little white heads or things that we call melia, tiny little white spots. You might make another problem for yourself that you maybe didn't need to. As we get, well, we always say sunscreen from the very beginning of life, but as we get older, the collagen in our skin, which is like the scaffolding, starts kind of gradually degrading. And that can make your pores look larger than they were, say, when you were in your 20s and early 30s. So sunscreen, again, from childhood and having that is a really good thing that's part of your morning routine later in life will help with the appearance of pores and it's never too late to stop. Um, Also, if you're getting a lot of enlarged pores, but maybe they sometimes look more like blackheads as well, maybe you're getting a mixture of whiteheads, it's a good idea to introduce a retinoid. So a retinoid is um, the catch-all term for vitamin A's. Um, Retinols are the kind of very classic one that we all know about. But there's also something called retinaldehyde, which is kind of a newer, maybe more effective form of retinoids. And then there are the prescription strength tretinoins, which you'll get um, either from one of the online prescription services or from your dermatologist or um, even from your GP if you've got acne. So retinoids can also help with treating kind of the beginning of acne, which we actually call comedones or blackheads and whiteheads, which someone may consider that to be a pore if that might make sense so they may say I've got big pores but actually it's, it's a bit of a, acne like a blackhead I, I right. put something on Insta yeah. the other day saying oh I've just found this amazing product really great for um for like uh closing pores and someone wrote to me going 
holes are not doors. You can't open and close them. And I was like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I just meant shrinking, uh, reducing. And they're like, I just had this vision of these tiny little doors on people's faces. Like, that's such a good saying though. I like it. (laughs) Um, You mentioned collagen um, and Zoe and I both take collagen. Zoe actually got me onto it and I've been taking some for just over a week and I have genuinely noticed a difference. But does it actually work? So are these collagen by mouth? Yeah, by mouth. Yeah, we take we take we sachets in the drink. Or, in yeah. the drink, like a gel. It's ten milligrams of collagen. Okay, so um I think collagen's a really interesting area. And the rationale behind taking collagen in your mouth rather than putting it on the skin is it you get the building blocks that then go on to make collagen. So collagen is like made up of little protein. Uh, building blocks. And the idea is you drink it and then those tiny little bits kind of get put together a bit like Lego and then make collagen in your skin. And also that can be then reflected in your hair and your nails. And some people even say it will reduce their appetite. I get this a lot from people who've been tra- taking collagen. It's not done that for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the science behind it's really interesting. The reason why a lot of dermatologists don't recommend collagen supplements at the moment is we need more independent research. So most of the research that's been done at the moment is from the industry itself. So the companies that make collagen have done the research which show the benefits. And that doesn't mean that that there's no benefit there. And I hear lots of people who take collagen and feel like there's a huge difference, but we just need to have more kind of the objective sort of like a trial, so a comparison of what's your skin like when you take collagen and what's it like when you don't take collagen and that to be done by people who don't work in for that company. Right. But there are so many collagen, um, there's lots of research out there from the companies and I hear lots of good reviews and I would say, if you wanted to try it, there's absolutely, I'm such a big fan of like, try as long as it's not harmful to you and harmful to your wallet, try something yeah. and see. And if it's working for you, great. But I, I, I just can't say definitely, it definitely, this is the evidence that shows it works. But it wouldn't but do any harm. Don't take it either. Cool. You know, yeah, just okay. see whether it works for you. Love that. Okay. I'm going to keep taking it. And so is George. Because I said to George the other Definitely. day, I saw her in the flesh, didn't I? And I said to you, oh mm. my gosh, your skin, it just looked really glowy, really plump. Obviously, George has got amazing hair anyway. So that, you know, I'm always bamboozled by her hair. But um, you, your skin does look much better, George. It does. And my mum said exactly the same because I'd seen so my nice. mum the day before and I hadn't told my mum that I'd been taking it. And she was like, wow, your skin just looks fresh. It's like, oh, yeah. wow. And for someone who's had, you know, bad skin in the past, yeah. it's nice. It's really nice to hear so I'll carry on as well. Absolutely. Um, We've got one from Georgina saying, is manual extraction during a deep cleansing facial okay? What is that? That's where they like squeeze your spots, right? Yeah, so they're basically extracting um, blackheads and whiteheads. So dermatologists, we're different to aestheticians um, and aesthetic doctors. So aestheticians are, it's probably like the new word for beauty therapists because you can actually be someone who would do um, things like peels and extractions and microneedling and all that kind of stuff. And you could be a beauty therapist or you could be a doctor who's specialised in aesthetics, which is like the beautification of the skin. And it's different to the treatment of skin disease. Got you. 
So you may want to have a skin peel because you want your skin to look more glowy and, you know, all the reasons why we want those things, but you don't actually have an underlying skin disease. When it comes to anything that extracts um, comedones or blackheads, whiteheads, my fear is always for every 10 people where it's done a great job, you'll get one or two where they've had a terrible complication. And the big complications with extractions can be um, bruising, broken vessels, scarring, if actually they've got a lot of acne that just should have been treated with um, going down a medical approach. And that scarring can be either pigment problems, so skin can look darker or lighter uh, or redder, um, or it could even be scars that you can physically feel. So Mm. I'm not a big fan of um, manual extraction. I'd always say if you have a lot of blackheads, lots of whiteheads, you feel like your pores are very open, maybe you get the odd pimple or the cyst. So some people with um, cystic acne, maybe they just get one cyst that lasts for four weeks and then goes away and then they get another two that still I would say needs some medical attention sure. so I'd say if you if you're having regular micro um regular extraction please see your doctor because actually you may benefit from a treatment that's more gentle on your skin that you see more effective long-term results and also less significantly less costly yeah. and dermatologists always look like really low skin and like we don't want any potential trauma on your skin because okay. of the potential complications George can you can we ask a question yes because it's from Lucy but also (laughs) I'm really interested this is um, our friend Lucy yeah so melasma best treatments for it so this is this is from a friend of ours and um she's similar like similar to Zoe started suffering from melasma after she had children assumed it would go away and it just hasn't gone away yeah yeah so melasma is one of my favorite pet subjects or conditions because it can it has a huge impact on your life. It can be very debilitating yeah. and there can be so much conflicting advice out there. Going all the way back to the kind of beginning of melasma. Melasma is a really complicated condition. We think it's something to do definitely with um, pregnancy hormone, particularly progesterone and sunlight. So there's something to do with this hormone and its interaction with the sun and what it does to the skin. So melasma will present as um, usually brown patches on the cheeks and the upper forehead. You can occasionally get it on the upper chest as well. Much, much more common in women, but you get, occasionally some men do get it. And it can vary in intensity. So for some people, it can be, you can really see the contrast. In other people, it can be very, very subtle. So knowing that it's the interaction with the sun, the number one thing you have to do is block sun hitting the skin and that's 365 days of the year even in the middle of winter you need a sunblock that contains a blocker for the big thing is actually your uva so we always focus on uvb which is all about your spf mm-hmm. and, uh, and as dermatologists we love the highest spf so spf 50 but you really want to block your uva which uva is a ray of light from the sun that's involved with tanning the skin and making anything that's already brown on the skin darker. And even more important than UVA, ideally you want to block visible light. The big thing with blocking the visible light ray on the skin is that means it has to be a tinted sun block. 
Tinted sunblock means you need it color matched. If you're not going to be able to find a good color match for your sunblock that blocks out the visible light, you can use a full coverage foundation on top because what gives you that full coverage is blocking the visible light. So I always, anytime I see someone with melasma, I always say the most important thing is you need to block the light hitting the skin. Wear a large hat in the summer months as well um, because it's not necessarily the heat of the sun, it's just that presence of the sun in the sky. So daylight will really drive melasma. So that's how to kind of manage it. But then we also need some medical management. Um, number one, so first thing is, um, it is definitely can become visible for the first time in pregnancy, but it can also become visible for the first time if you're taking progesterone only contraception. So that's the marina coil or the um, uh, progesterone only pill or the implant. Or, or if you have to take HRT, for example, which is what I yes, just actually yeah. did it again. Yeah. yeah. So anything that contains progesterone can trigger it. Um, one thing you can try and do to minimize it is to go for non-progesterone containing contraception. But to be honest, that option is really the copper coil, which can have a lot of other problems like heavier periods or painful yeah. periods. But if you're prepared to try it, it's worth a go. Obviously, in pregnancy, you're going to be pregnant. There's, you know, you'll wait for the baby to be delivered. But as you've mentioned, it can and often does persist even after you've completed your family. So you need the sunblock all the time, but then treatments that can help. So what, what can you use to help alleviate yes. that pigment? So first thing is do no harm. So avoid anything that scrubs, peels, strips away at the skin too much. Avoid any kind of... Um, micro beads or face rubbing or scrubs because anything that can traumatize the skin can make um your pigment cell which is called a melanocyte makes more melanin so keep everything really gentle avoid wow. anything harsh avoid deep um kind of peels etc yeah because that's what you want to do from somebody that suffered with it you, you yes. literally i before i knew that i would stand there with a face scrub and be like desperately yes. trying to scrub it off and it just doesn't do it, it just doesn't do it it makes it worse yeah so you, that's, you're absolutely right. So that's the, whenever I see someone in clinic, the first thing I say is you need your sunblock and there's, that's like the most important message. And then what, you know, what triggers it is progesterone and then don't harm, don't make it any worse. Morning gentle cleansers. When you're looking for moisturizers, there are now, there's lots out there, moisturizers that contain ingredients that will help alleviate pigmentation. Nice ingredients to look for include things like niacinamide, which um, is, uh, it has kind of soothing anti-inflammatory effects, but it can also help brighten the skin. Um, the classic vitamin C, which everyone's in love with as well, is a great thing to introduce. Yeah. Azelaic acid. Um, if you're going for the prescription strength, which is where the evidence is based, it's 20%. Um, azelaic acid in the morning and the evening can really help with pigmentation uh, problems in the in not every single patient but a lot of people will find it really significantly helps um so you're doing your gentle cleanse you're some kind of antioxidant and all antioxidants will have some pigment benefits so that's either your vitamin c or your azelaic or your niacinamide don't mix them all together otherwise you'll irritate your skin so just choose some a texture that you like a product that fits your budget, something you're going to be happy to use every day. 
than your moisturizer than your sunblocker. In the evening, you're going to try and break up your um, it, your excessive pigment. If you see a dermatologist, we will often either prescribe um, something that contains hydroquinone. So hydroquinone stops the production of melanin and it is banned in the UK as a cosmetic. We can only prescribe it as a um, as part of a treatment and usually it's compounded, which means it's mixed with other ingredients. The reason it's banned is because a lot of people will use it to also deliberately bleach their skin. So an all over lightening effect. And when used kind of unsupervised, it can have quite serious complications and health risks. So hydroquinone is prescription strength only. Um, I would recommend you get it from a consultant dermatologist because they can properly counsel you on how to use it. And the compound I like using the most has the hydroquinone. It's got a bit of retinoid in it and a bit of um, strong steroid in it as well. And that mixture for about four to eight weeks helps lighten that the darkness that you acquired in the pregnancy. Yeah, Mary, I've been using a, a Bargy, the Abaji products. And yes. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't have the thing, but I'm thinking that's a, that's must have some of the things that you've just mentioned in, in terms yeah. of the lightening, because that's been the wonder product that has cleared my skin. Yeah. So there is the Abaji, which has the hydroquinone in it. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's also got some retinol yes, in it, it as has. well, which yes. helps a lot. Yeah. Big thing, when you um, use these things at night, don't use them in the morning because they'll make your skin irritated when the sunlight hits. I had an amazing, I had some laser and I had an amazing peel as a result of it. And I was literally like sheets of skin were coming off my face. And as I was looking at them and holding them up, half of them were like really dark brown and half of them yeah. were, it was just amazing to see what was going on. And and that really was, again, like I said, that was the start of it. And then wow. I've just kept it up with the Obagi products. So yeah. in my experience, like you said, obviously finding a, a good person to do that is obviously essential because you don't want anything to go wrong with the skin. But that was really great. So to Lucy, there you go. Um, George, have we got time for one more? Is that us? That's wrapping up, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Or should we just chuck one more out there? Yeah, let's chuck one more out there. What shall we do? Do you rate Botox? Yes. Let's go for that one. George and I talk about it a lot. So no judgment when it comes to any kind of aesthetic or beautification procedure anyone wants to do. As long as you know what you're getting into and you're going to a safe person who knows what they're doing. So Botox is amazing at treating fine lines, wrinkles. It's great for like the forehead, around the eyes, the frown lines. Um, Lots of people who have it, they find it life-changing because suddenly they don't they lose that like angry frown line or the crow's feet that means that they don't want to smile because they're worried about that so um yeah I have no problem with Botox I think it works amazingly it you're you know if you have lines that bother you and you're curious I would recommend speaking to someone and considering it it's very and done by the right person you can get very um subtle Mm. natural looking results. I think we're so used to seeing um, like in inverted commas, you know, botched cosmetic procedures and people really panic about, um, you know, I don't want to look, you know, in inverted commas, plastic or fake or weird. But actually um, most um, people who are practicing, well, you know, most dermatologists who are practicing Botox will use very small amounts. We do them almost like a tweak. Right. So your face isn't frozen. 
And then we'll bring you back after about two weeks to see if you need a little bit more. And the idea is always to maintain a bit of movement. And actually, it's quite nice seeing a smile line or, you know, expression in a face. Yeah. But if there are things that bother you and you just want them smoothed out, then yeah, Botox. And it works really well. The only the big thing really is um, you need to go back and have it topped up. Yeah. And is prevention better than cure? So should you start it earlier or later? Because I think that's always, you know, a subject that people talk about. Some people will be in the camp of, oh, you should start it in your 20s because then it will stop you from getting the lines. And then others are like, no, because then your face gets used to it and it's not as effective or whatever. Yeah. So I think there's no hard answer. I think you may be someone in your 20s who has had maybe a lot of sun growth. Maybe you grew up in a very sunny part of the world. You're very aware that you've got fine lines. Maybe you're beginning to even get deep lines. Then by all means, try. I wouldn't necessarily say that if you have um, completely smooth skin, you should start having Botox as a preventer because if you're using your sunscreen and you're kind of aware of all the other kind of lifestyle things that can affect your skin, I would say keep Botox for when you need it. Right. But definitely, I've definitely had, and there are some huge proponents of, you know, do this as soon as possible. But I I would say I'm happy with a more reactive approach. So you develop, a, say, crow, you know, some smile lines or crow's feet or a frown line. Or whatever was you bothering you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Treat it. And if, you, if your little lines on your forehead that you get when you uh curious don't bother you then you don't need to no um but also no judgment like I, I'm really I don't think it's um reasonable to say never have no you know, you've got to do what works for you like you've got to do what works for you with these things it's your face it's you you know you get to stare back at it and as you said if the lines are bothering you and you've tried everything else and you want to go for it there's no shame about it just just yeah, give, it a, give it a whirl and also it it fades out after what do we think two and a half, three months, yeah. something like that? Six three months. months. Like that. Three, yeah. Yeah. Well, funny enough, some people will go usually about three months. Other people, they will maybe just get their frown line done twice a year. So just maybe yeah. it lasts for six months. And yeah. so it depends for everyone. And yeah, it's, I wouldn't advise anything in pregnancy, but it's otherwise it's a very low risk. In the right hands, it's low risk. Low risk. If okay. you try it, you didn't like it, then at least you know. I think we could chat to Mary all day. There's so many questions that we didn't get through and I love how thorough you are. I just, you're so interesting. Thank you. And to everybody listening, we're sorry if we couldn't get through your question, but we need to get Mary back on. Because Maybe we'll do, we'll do a part two. We'll do the yeah. other half then. Oh, uh, well, it be my pleasure. Thank you. I loved the questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's great, isn't she? She's so knowledgeable and I feel like I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode, take notes, check the ingredients that I've got in in the products that I use. I definitely get the wine thing, the whole white wine skin thing because my skin goes crazy when I have white wine. But also, do you get that like weird tinge to your skin if you've been drinking do you know what? it's almost yeah, like gray oh, you look gray <laughs> gray and dehydrated yeah yeah but i mean that's not going to stop me from drinking because i'm having an i'm having a steady month but it it's is fun <laughs> it's fun isn't it have you seen that thing if you swap your daily coffee with uh, a cup of green tea you will have 80% less enjoyment in your life and that is one of those things isn't it if you yeah. stop all the bad stuff 
you know, it, yeah, it, life will be less enjoyable. I thought it was going to say, if you swap your <laughs> for a cup of green tea, you become an arsehole. That's what I thought it was going <laughs> to Well, and that. <laughs> right, let's talk about um, our favourite um, skincare products. Yes, what are you using at the moment? Ah, what am I not using? No, I, um, I'm really into my skincare products at the moment. Um, my first one that I'm going to talk about is by Iborian. Now, yes. this is a brand that we haven't spoken about before, but it's, um, I think I've probably known about them for about a year, but I'm currently using their ginseng, um, well, it's ginseng infusion, basically. It's the range. I think they've got about four or five ranges within the brand, and this one is for anti-aging. So I'm using the day cream and the night cream, and I'm loving the results. They come in a really cute little pot as well. Yeah, Borean is an incredible brand. Um, I actually got my mum onto them a few years ago and she uses their CC cream, but it's obviously got skincare benefits in it as well. Um, So yeah, really, really rate them. Um, I'm going to bang on about Beauty Pie (laughs) because I really love Beauty Pie. And as we all know, um, it's a members sort of, it's it's a members platform, but you get access to really high quality beauty products at cost price um so i'm using the beauty pie collagen powder as you know but also the beauty pie retinol so normally retinol is like what a hundred pounds or something for a decent retinol serum but on there you can get one for like 15 pounds and i just think if you are experimenting with your skincare trying to get to know what works for you then you really can't go wrong by getting a subscription and getting a membership and at the moment they're doing um well not at the moment they've just launched a new membership to make it more simple so you can pay 49 pounds for the year actually it might be 59 but with our code it's 49 pounds and that allows you to just spend because at the moment you have to wait for your monthly allowance to come back in now you get a yearly allowance and you can obviously like get loads one month not so much the next month yeah so they've just sort of simplified the membership and if you want to use our code it's mama sent me you'll get 10 pounds off that yearly subscription um it's not we're not being paid to say this i've been using them for years and years and years um, yeah. and you got so, me on yeah, them I did they are really really fantastic I'm using the super retinol and it is amazing um yeah. So another brand that we have spoken about lots before, and I've actually done some work with them recently, but obviously this isn't a paid mention, Murad. Um, I'm using their V2C Triple Exfoliating Facial, and I know that, George, you've used this as well. This is basically an at-home facial. So you put it on two to three times a week in the evening, like you would a normal face mask. And I'm not joking, it looks like you've spent an hour getting your face done. My face always looks super dewy, really glowy, just fresh, when once I've done it um so yeah definitely worth spending the money on that it's brilliant I love it yeah this is um it is a skincare brand but I guess a lot of uh, a lot of us might know about it through our children it's Mugu um so like oh, yeah. if your kids have got like eczema prone skin or you know anything like that, any skin conditions they are a really lovely natural brand but a few years ago they sent some stuff for Axel when he was suffering with his eczema but they also sent me this cleansing oil and it's oh, about yeah. 15 pounds and you know what I really really rate it it's gets your gets all your makeup off you don't you're not left with that like weird film film like that kind of layer that you sometimes get after using an oil your skin still feels really clean really nourished and it gets like your waterproof mascara off and everything so um anyone looking for something quite gentle i would highly recommend mugu 
Okay, love that. And then the final product that I want to talk about is from um, L'Occitane, which is a brand, again, that we really, really love. It's their Reset Night Serum, which I've been using. Um, and yeah, I've just noticed a little bit more firmness in my skin. And also, you know, sometimes you can wake up, you can have had six, seven, eight hours sleep if you're lucky. Your skin just looks a bit tired. I'm just seeing more brightness in the skin. And I think it's down to this product. It's really nice and gentle. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I just, and I love the little bottle that it comes in as well. It's like purple and blue and you know i'm a bit of a girl when it comes to stuff like that i'm like ooh, the bottle the bottle yeah, looks, it looks nice beautiful. <laughs> so yeah thank you so much for sending in all of your questions we're going to be back on tuesday but before you uh, you switch off could we ask you a little favor to rate review subscribe and follow the podcast that would really help us yeah and do tag us if you use any of the products that we've recommended um and you've had great results then please do drop us a dm we're on at made by mamas and of course if you've got any questions as well then we are always open to answering them as best we can um And we will be back on Tuesday. Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production. Insanity Group. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.